This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their taproom in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. Casting for the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. This week, we're talking with Modest Brewing Company. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. Joining us today, we have Daniel Paul Wellendorf, co-owner of Modest Brewing and their head of marketing. We're going to talk about fun things you can do with lager, impossible beers, THC, seltzers, and birds. birds. Daniel, thanks okay. for joining us. Thanks for having me. Do you prefer Daniel or Daniel Paul? Uh, Daniel works just fine. Okay. All Is right. it Daniel or Daniel? <laughs> yeah. that's a good that's daniel 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 from now yes. on we should do that's that the rest of the Go show all the way there daniel. i got uh i got a voicemail today from someone and they said yeah i got a call here from uh tom dantana and i'm just calling back i'm like you know maybe i'll adopt that maybe i will be tom tom dantana yeah i can believe that yeah. I think you might need cowboy boots or something or hats but i think i can a mustache it. at least oh mustache oh yeah. or a toothpick have you considered uh, a toothpick? I think both. Okay. I think yeah. both. Definitely. I should adopt that. Daniel, <laughs> thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, excited. Good stuff. How is that? You know, we almost hit freezing here in Atlanta last night, our first time this season. Have you guys, has there been any snow up there yet? Yeah, we, when I was in Hawaii, we did, uh, which was, you know, a week ago, we, I started seeing some snow picks in Minnesota. So, See, I missed it, yeah. <laughs> but it's it snows in October every year here, and every single time we're kind of fooled. It's like, what? Really? What? Right. Surprises and, you every single year. Right? I can't then, believe yeah. you've done this again. Yeah. yeah. Then you, we, we trusted you. We trusted Yeah, it's uncommon for us to, I mean, we've had Halloween's where it's shorts and t-shirt weather. You know, mm -hmm. I've had Christmas oh, I'm when sure. it's shorts and t-shirt weather down here. So, you know, we don't see that one that often, but it's happened. What is it? Uh, the, the Hawaiian Christmas song that I like so much, Mele Kalikimaka? We've right. had some where it has been a Hawaiian Christmas here, and it's we been have. nice. We have, yeah. you know. But it is going, Brian. It's spooky season. It is. And I know this because every email I get, all the TV commercials, all of that, tell me it's spooky season coupled with telling me that it's time to start shopping for Christmas. But we're going to give it time. We're not going to push Halloween out the way. And I was thinking, as spooky season comes upon us, as Halloween comes upon us, Daniel, Halloween, is there a beer to you that says Halloween, or what should we drink for the holiday? Uh, you know, the stouts are the easy answer, um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm still drinking Oktoberfest right now. Like, I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to give up. I know okay. Oktoberfest coming, start coming out earlier and earlier, it seems, as time goes by. You start seeing them on shelves in July and July, early August, but right. it's still Oktoberfest season to me, so... That's, that's fair. That's I agree. We're with fairly that. opinionated on our October. Like I, as a matter of principle, don't drink any Oktoberfest till September 1st, just because I'm fighting seasonal creep. So I, mm -hmm. I don't have that. And we, we had a discussion just a couple of weeks ago about how long can you go the other way with it? Because Oktoberfest in Munich ends, was it the fifth this year? Yeah. It's the first weekend of the, of the yeah. month. So I think it was like the yeah. second or the third. It was right. barely into October. And that's Daniel. My stance was you can September and October go for it. 
And uh, I believe Ernest, he said, Oktoberfest is a state of mind. Mm-hmm. So just whenever you're there, just go for it. But and Ernest is a cool dude. He knows what he's saying. And he, so he I kind of, I kind of yeah. okay with that because when you think about it, it's uh half of them are Marsins. You know, the other half are fest beers, and maybe that, maybe that should be Oktoberfest. But a Marsin, I, I could drink a yeah. Marsin most times of the year. You know, we've got a beer on our uh, beers of the week this week from Fright Guys, which I believe is German for fried ghost. So, yeah, I, I think so. I yeah. think that's right. So, we'll so that's that, a good. That's that's a good. phantom. That yeah. would be another one that would uh, that would be seasonally thematically correct. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about beer puns with with Halloween. There's probably a ton of them out there. What yeah. do you think, Brian? Halloween. What What do you think? What's the beer that's in your hand? Oh boy, uh, I like the idea of going stout. I I also appreciate the idea of still drinking Oktoberfest, but I might get something like really kind of scary high ABV for for Halloween. The darker, the better. The scarier, the better. Okay. Yeah, something I'm like. I'm terrified black ops or something. I, yeah. Like that. I might regret this in the morning, black Tuesday or whatever. You're like, this is terrifying. I might, I might, uh, I might really hate myself yeah. tomorrow morning. So this would be worth it. I kind of think I'm with Daniel on this with an Oktoberfest, you know, though, those, that multi autumnal flavor, that seems very appropriate for it. So, yeah. 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 And you know, Brian, we've got something that we've got to break out that Halloween seems like it's about the right time for it. From our friends at 1571 F, they sent us their beer caramelizer. And for those that have listened to the show in the in the past, we have talked about like uh, hot beer, hot beer fest, different yeah. things where there's there's one where you brew. I forget what it's called, but they brew it with rocks and then you can do one. where We have a metal rod that you put in your campfire, put in your fire pit and you heat it up till it's nice and nice and hot. And then you plunge it down in your mug of beer for about three or four seconds and it caramelizes some of the malts. So we've done a lot of talking about doing this, but we've never had the tools to do it so we're going to break out the fire pit soon we talk with our friends here at ironmonger and we're going to break it out and we're going to get actually we're going to get their oktoberfest and we're going to try it before and after caramelizing to see the differences that are made and also toasty marshmallow and that's right for the, the super the, toasty marshmallow. The super toasty yeah get that so super caramel i'm looking forward to this man i'm looking forward to, to trying this out this is going to be very cool wearing a yeah. coat and with a blazing hot poker and shoving that into a beer put I, it right in there man i don't even know if it'll taste good yeah. i think it'll just look awesome and feel awesome so we, we Daniel, have that. you ever made or consumed any hot beers yeah we actually did that this year for the first time we did a okay a, a bach poke is what is what we All called right. it yeah uh, so yeah, you just heat up a, a piece of metal and you shove it in a beer, and then it tastes different. So, so it's it does. Like, it became so we had it out on our patio. We just had one person kind of uh, manning the box, the the box poke, and then people would just come up and they'd be like, "We were just we were poking everything." It's amazing. What? <laughs> yeah, you've got to, don't you? It's like old social media. Everybody's getting poked. Everybody, What's that? right? Facebook. Facebook that's the old Facebook thing, exactly. <laughs> a poke in the box. Was yeah, there like a noticeable difference from pre-poked and poked beers? Yeah, one tasted warmer and like it just had a metal rod in it. Okay, all right. I'm looking <laughs> no, for this one. No, tastes does, like metal does, and heat. It actually does. It actually does kind of do yeah. the, the caramelized thing. The one beer that we didn't have at the time is we make a beer out of marshmallows. It's like a marshmallow lager that we call Malo, and that would have been a that would have been a good that a good experiment yeah. to actually poke the Malo. That would have been cool. It's, that's the one we're talking about here. Toasty marshmallow is a uh, a, a toasted marshmallow stout, and mm-hmm. so it's got some of that character to it. That should be a fun one 
I think so. Yeah, I think it'll be for sure. The one thing people have mentioned is you will lose some carbonation with it. So if that's if that's a big component of the beer that you're you're burning, basically, then maybe it won't work out well. But in in some beers, I don't think that'll be as big a deal. Don't poke your saisons. Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know because there was the whole thing with roaring beers and farmhouses was one of the things they did, but they always did it with older beers to kind of revive them and i still have yet to try this but that involved a saucepan instead of a hot poker but i assume it would be a similar kind of situation all right yeah. daniel ever have you ever mauled a beer like a glue creek uh no i've had mauled beers but we've never done it at the brewery okay that's we've we've played around with it at the holidays trying some of those out i'm yeah. a fan yeah i like them tasty. as well well, Tim, I think we should get into the beers of the week before we run out of time. Brian, again, this is going to shock and awe you, but we've got a great list of beers to try. And we want to thank our friends at The Nest for always sponsoring this segment. Craft Beer Barbecue, downtown Kennesaw, Georgia. Check them out. Get the wings. Get the nachos. Yeah. Get Those the ribs. Are, the ribs are stepping. A good burger, too, Brian. Yeah. So get everything. I know we proselytize a lot for the wings and the uh, nachos there. But uh, good stuff. Go check them out. And it's as it is cooling off, they do have a Brunswick stew that they call their KSU stew after mm-hmm. local university. Get your bowl of stew, Brian. All right. Don't let them stop your flow. Nate tells us we're running out of time here, Brian. So let me tell you what we're going to drink. We pre-gamed with one of our favorites, Creature Comforts Classic City Lager. Good drink and beer there from Fry Geist, as we mentioned, Fried Ghost. Their Fry Geist beer culture. We have their Abraxas, which is a different Abraxas than the ones that you know, but that is a smoked Lichtenheiner by sale. Brian, according yes. to the can there from Victory Brewing, we've got a tall boy here, which I'm surprised Brian did not save for Tall Beer Fridays. But we have a Golden Monkey, which is a triple. And from our guest last week, Bermari Brewing, we've got one left called Sleeping Pigeons, which is a Munich Dunkel. Indeed. That we're going to get into. So that'll be a lot of fun. We need to take a quick break. This is Beer Guys Radio, and we will be right back with more from Modest Brewing. The heat is on, and if you're looking for a beer to cool you down without slowing you down, Athletic Brewing has you covered with Athletic Light. It's certified organic with only 25 calories and 5 grams of carbs, and since it's not alcoholic you stay sharp and avoid the hangover. And you can feel good about the beer you drink and the company that brews it. Athletic Brewing is a certified B Corporation committed to social and environmental excellence. Use code BGR25 at athleticbrewing.com for 25% off your order. Athletic Light, the perfect summer crusher. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What in Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on the podcast bar and all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now, let's get back to Modest Brewing Company. Modest Brewing Company. Daniel, we're going to start out with some, some kind of... Uh, Standard fair questions, kind of let folks know about Modest. So uh, you're one of the founders. Uh, how did Modest get started? So there's four of us owners. Uh, the three other guys all went to high school together. Kind of like have, they have the romantic uh, brewing beer in a garage story, which I don't share. I just kind of came in and on the on the investor side. And, hey, I like spreadsheets and stuff. How about I get to <laughs> – can I, I can do cool stuff. I love uh, a good spreadsheet. Yeah. So, True story. Uh, 
but so they so they kind of the philosophy of modest which is a, a spin on the word modify so modest is a person who modifies that kind of started because they overbuilt they're all kind of like engineer gearhead types and they overbuilt this homebrew system that could just that they call that they named bronson and it could just kind of make anything so they they started entering in homebrew competitions and they found that they had a hard time kind of fit being pigeonholed into a certain category like oh this is a great IPA, but it has too much rye. Like they made in their homebrew setup, they made a you know an IPA that had sixty percent rye as, as the malt bill, and so um, so that beer actually was one of our launch beers that we call ended up calling Wasteland, um, and so they just kind of like were a little bit a little bit off the beaten path for the you know this was probably ten years ago now um, for you know falling into you know style guidelines. So that kind of like jump started the philosophy, became a business plan. They all kind of worked at local breweries. So some notable local breweries kind of form, you know, got some experience. We launched this thing. And then the whole idea is that we had this philosophy to make beers that, you know, kind of push the envelope outside of style guidelines. And then to back up that philosophy, we uh, invested in a Belgian built uh, Mira mash filter. So a mash filter system replaces a lot of ton of a, of a traditional system. So we basically brew beer horizontally and the easiest way to, understand it is it like brews beer more like a french press versus a drip coffee filter so it's like plates that have you know screens and filters and then pneumatic pressure that will you know sparge and kind of wring out the grains um and so that allows us to basically brew beer with you know any gra- any grains and any percentage so that just kind of fueled that original garage philosophy to like hey let's just make beers that are 100% wheat or 100% rye or all oats and barley. And so that's just rye kind of salts. Do you still have to use your rye salts and stuff with the, with the mash filter? We, we don't. I mean, we've, right. we've pushed it. We've pushed it so far <laughs> that we, we've jammed the thing. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it okay. it's not, yeah. it's, it's not, it's not impossible to jam, but we get a lot more leeway there. And that's, and for those that aren't familiar really with the brewing process, the typical is you have a big kettle pot basically. Sure. Yeah. You, you soak the grains in and then it kind of drains off the bottom and it takes a lot of water to get the extraction that you want and keep that because a lot of it stays in the grains, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm, I'm very limited in the knowledge of the mash filter system, but you're able to get more of the liquid out of the grains yep. and therefore get more extraction from the grains. Yes. Yeah, so and less water to do the same brew, correct? So our, absolutely. So we brew beer with uh, a third of the water, you know, so a traditional, traditional system, eight to 10 gallons of water per gallon of beer, you know, it could, could be on the high end, depending on your system. We do it in probably like three to four, you know, three to five. So that's impressive. You know, so there's this huge green element, which was kind of, you know, like we repost our uh, blog every earth day, you know, it's like, that's just one part of what we do. It's like extremely environmentally conscious, but it's just a byproduct of us like going for the system that lets us do all this crazy stuff. Um, so, you know, it's the same system, essentially, that the biggest breweries in the, wor- in the world use, Budweiser, Heineken. So they use it because it's a fraction of the water. So they do it for cost savings. You can get, you can use less grain and get more out of it, like you're saying. Um, so we get all those benefits, but we also can, like, just kind of experiment. Uh, so that's kind of when we got it. I think we were the seventh in the U.S. Um, to, have it, to have it at this size, at the craft scale. So that was, like, the, kind of the big green light that went off in the manufacture of this, of this, of our brew house is mine is they made a Miro, which makes huge, huge mash fills and they've been around for 200 years, 180 years. Uh, 
they made a trade show model just so it fit through a door like a, at a convention center. <laughs> yeah. And the guy, the guy saw it. I'm like, well, why can't they just make that for craft breweries? And then they did. And so, so, so then, you know, now there's probably a dozen in the U S something like that. So. And Danny, do I understand right that they're also a little more friendly with doing smaller batches? You like you have more flexibility in batch size. Yeah, you can. You can. Yeah, you can basically set your your vessel size or like your batch size to, you know, by moving by only running through. It's a system of plates. We have forty five plates, and so you can kind of end that um, that final plate uh, wherever you want. So you know, we brew we brew in twenty barrel batches, so twenty forties, eighties up. Um, but we can go down lower than that. Like we'll, we'll brew a 10 barrel batch or less. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of flexibility. So with, with that concept here, you've got the, the, the press and the pressure. I'm wondering, have you had to compensate in any way how you do things for like additional astringency or things extracted from the grain under pressure that you wouldn't ordinarily get in beer? I'm not sure if that's something that, that might be getting too into the weeds, but that's what I think when I hear that. Oh, I've uh, gotten really good over the years of saying that's more of a Keegan question, which is like a Yeah, get him on the, the phone. As a marketing guy, I like to talk about like the engraved logo in the in the manways and you know, whatever. But, that, but I have well, heard, we uh, can uh, get into the teal floors. I understand you have lovely teal yeah, floors. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, the teal floors have gotten us a lot of love. Um <laughs> but to answer your question, because I have heard that before, the tannins and like some kind of that astringency like it doesn't happen because it moves so fast. So like the speed of which it moves, and this is, it is beyond my understanding of like why it actually happens, but uh, from the manufacturers and like, and we've seen it, you know, in real life is that you don't get that, that tannic uh, flavor because of, you know, it's just, it doesn't sit long enough to kind of gather it. So, uh, like so that the, would probably be more from an over extraction of, of soaking the too steeping. Long yeah. For t- too hot. Of, like making yeah. tea. Exactly. Yeah. Tea too long. Too, too, too long or too hot. But yeah. 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 It makes a lot of sense. Okay. Look, I had no idea. I was thinking, I was thinking you add pressure to it. You're just going to wring those grains out. Plus the, all the tannins therein. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the other, and the other benefit, cause it's like, you know, of how it moves vessel to vessel is like, you can stack brews, like, you know, more efficiently so like you can be mashing in one brew as something's filtering out into the brew kettle and so and you can be grinding in right behind it so like we have a 20 barrel vessel but we can do you know so one turn will take us you know call it five six hours brew 20 barrels but if we do 40 60 80 you know it's it just only adds a couple hours on to the day so we can kind of we can kind of stack up and so within a you know 10 12 hour day we can get four turns out of it and get eight barrels beer. That is impressive, and I'm like, why? Why aren't other breweries doing this? Because if you could do that much more in the same day with that little amount of time added, that just makes a lot of sense. Plus the, the water savings alone. Yeah, cost that, is why. Yeah, cost is why. The, cost. It, it's just like, well, there's only one manufacturer that has this Belgian built one, and so a they only do one or two a year, you know, because they're like oh. a small company. <laughs> but then it's also like it's probably twice what a normal you know brewing system is. So like when you're when you start, when you're in startup mode, you know you have to really believe in this thing to say, okay, I'm going to raise that much more money or go into that much more debt to like for this thing that you know for half the price I can get through a couple because it's it's going to you know the water savings will add up, but it'll be you know what you know seven ten years and to think that far down the road isn't really natural. For, if you're trying to just my, get off the ground and survive yeah. for the next two years, I'm, I'm guessing that's not a high priority yeah. thing, but uh, the, is there more to the till floors? I noticed Brian had that on the thing. Is there, 
Is this just a, a, <laughs> so, a focal point there? It's yes. Uh, I think the the story, albeit not the best one, is that that we were working with a flooring company, and there's like they had you know samples of the floor, which most most brewery floors are like this kind of orangish color, brown brown oranges, whatever, red. I don't know, burnt sienna. Uh, I forget my Crayola colors, but there's like so. This is what most breweries go with, and we're like, well, do we have to? Is is can it? Can it just can it be other colors? We're like, oh yeah, we can make it any color. And they're just like, we're just like dope. Like, let's make it teal because that was like for teal. the color the color <laughs> of the ga- gas tank of it was color of Kale's gas tank on his motorcycle. So that's the story. There you go. Excellent. The teal story. That's right. Yep. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a break, but we'll be right back with more from Modest Brewing. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's the perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Your revolution is over, Mr. Lebowski. Condolences, the bum's lost. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. I want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great radio affiliates, KNUJ, 860 AM and 97.3 FM in New Ulm, Minnesota. Catch Beer Guys Radio and KNUJ every Saturday at 4 AM and again at 8 PM. Now let's get back to Modest Brewing Company. Daniel, a couple of things I would like to talk about in this segment that a lot of times they kind of go hand in hand together is THC and pastries. <laughs> so I seem that I think that one begats the other at time to time. But uh, I guess it's been a few months ago now, Brian. At the time, Daniel, we didn't know these existed, but you have fulfilled some of our dreams here. I made a joke about a pastry lock and I said, you know, so who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And Daniel, you must have heard me, and you said, I'm going to do it. So Got one you right do here. a pastry lager. Yeah, so we, we've actually done them since day one. We didn't, we didn't say pastry lager out of the get-go, but we started, we started just kind of giving into that. I'm like, I guess it is pastry lager. So from one of the first beers we ever made was first call, cold-pressed coffee lager. I don't know if you guys can even see it. That sounds yeah, good. We, I'm already on board with that. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. A coffee yeah. lager, yes. So utilize mash filter. It's heavily... Uh, um, uh, heavily oats in the malt bill, um, rest is barley, the, um, but there's milk sugar in there and then, um, some locally roasted, um, espresso roast coffee. And it's just like, it's a blonde colored coffee lager that like, it's literally sparkling coffee. Um, that's see I I'm, mean, I'm on board for that heavily odored and it's got lactose in it. Milk yep, sugar. Ready for that's insane. I, 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 I'm, 
the texture of that's got to be insane. I, well, I, I got to get me some of this. There's a brewery over in Huntsville uh, called <clears throat> Rocket Republic. Yes. That does uh, coffee cream ale yep. that, that I just dig. I just, it's got the, you know, the sweet creaminess and that, and it's just, it's just stellar stuff. So. Well, Carton's regular coffee is Carton a pretty solid coffee, one too. And we do get that example. down here. I think from time to time, I'm not sure yeah. how often it's available, but we there get it down here. It's a classic. from Funky Boot, and I can't remember what, was it called? The Love Below? The, the rice crispy treat and was that a lager or just a, a light ale but i think i might have been a point i, I think probably playing it no this one was a, it was a blonde oh, beer was it a blonde it was, one? Or, okay. it was a lighter beer but anyhow those flavors i mean you've got a pretty nice uh light canvas there to showcase the flavors you add right yeah yeah and i think that's kind of the appeal of this like this pastry lager genre which i can't not smile when i say pastry like because it's like it's so you know not nuanced uh but it also is like i mean it's built in a light beer so you don't have to do much with like you know so we one of the first ones we did that we called the pastry lager was nice crispy treats um it was a collaboration with a brewery forager here in minnesota and so it just tastes like rice crispy treats it's rice crispy treats in a lager and but it's still it's still a beer i mean i think that when you get these pastry stouts and stuff like they or pastry, you know, fruited sours, they end up not really being a beer, which is still great a lot of the time. But the pastry lagers, we still kind of like make it a beer. It's like, oh, this is definitely like a beer, but it's also cold pressed coffee and it's also uh, milk sugar. And it's all, you know, so the beer still kind of like sits as a headline or like a, you know, a marshmallow, whatever stout is like, oh, it's marshmallow, whatever. And then you get, you know, it's, it's chocolate and it's vanilla, but it's also, it might, it might be a beer, but it also just might be syrup. It's uh, syrup. At 18%. That's right. Exactly. That's what you got. Alcoholic yeah. syrup. syrup. I'm well, curious with that. So that first uh, call, is it first call? Is that yeah, first call? call. Yep. Is, is there a lot of caffeine in that? So we've, we kind of, to our math, which is, you know, I'm no mathematologist. Mathematologist, uh, right. But, the, right. but I, it's about a half cup of coffee, maybe a quarter cup of coffee. So if, you, if you're really sensitive to caffeine, um, and I, I have these people in my life, they'll drink one first call and they'll be like, wired because they don't really drink coffee i drink coffee yeah. like all day every day so it's like you know it's kind of whatever to me but it's like but it'll keep you up it's like it's kind of what do we say it's a um easy it's a 24-hour beer easy drinking pale lager with mind-blowing coffee punch uh so it's like i don't know it's like it's like an 11 a.m beer it's a brunch beer but it's also like late night pick me up you know type of thing have so one before you go to bed yeah. <laughs> yeah i made that mistake last week we actually have uh some canned water in here some sparkling water that's got caffeine, caffeine in it and i grabbed one and didn't think about it drank it later and then went and had a latte and then i was up till 3 a.m as as a guy who likes to also drink coffee all day i i am very impressed with the caffeine delivery system of that that seltzer i don't know if it's the the carbonation it's, it's it hits it's you fast yeah. it hits it's you fast and yeah. uh i I don't know if it's more than a, uh, your standard cup of coffee. I think it's about the same, but uh, man, that I think it all hits you at once as part of it. it it'll it'll get you flying a little yeah. bit. So it's and nice. So, and sometimes the combination of things gets you feeling like feeling away way faster. Like I mean, just the fact that it, it's six and a half percent alcohol, so it's by no means like a light lager. We had someone, a local journalist, call it the the four local of the of craft beer or something like that. So yeah. So we were talking about. You know, kind of how we we led into this talk about the pastry lagers uh, to jump topics tie in here. If you have some of your seltzers, it may put you in the mood for some pastries. Correct? THC yeah. seltzer. Yeah. So, so this is new for us. I do have a couple of cans to show off. 
So we do, it's called TINT. It's an acronym for thanks. I needed that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. how, do, how do mirrors work? Um, and so we do a couple of different flavors, a couple of different flavors and a couple of different um, strengths. So there's a five milligram THC, that's the pineapple raspberry, and then two, three milligram flavors, blackberry lime and a mango passion fruit. How do mirrors work? But there we go. Uh, and we will say for our radio listeners, we have a video feed here in the yeah, studio. Right. So you may not be able to see, see these, but we'll share some pictures. They're very you. colorful cans. Check out our yeah. social. We'll share some pics. T-I-N-T. T-I-N-T. Yes. Thanks. I if you're that. on the radio and you can't see this, you're not trying hard enough. You, you know, the technology, just, we should be there. Well, you right? clearly, have to believe. <laughs> you need to have a few of those cans of tea, yeah, there and then you'll be able to see them. something where you can both see and hear people at the same time. Yes. Yep. Yes. One day, yeah, one, one day, one day that'll, that'll we'll happen. get that together. Absolutely. So uh, I don't know this. I'm going to make an assumption here. I'm assuming this is legal in Minnesota. <laughs> you, you can casually partake there, right? Yeah. Uh, so this is this is kind of the funny story of how this came to be is that Minnesota kind of backed its way into legalizing this. Um, and so it like it got some national news because, you know, some some people who didn't vote for it or didn't know some people in the uh, in the legislature didn't actually know what they were doing. So they legalized THC without knowing it. Um, <laughs> I because, remember that now that yeah, you mentioned we yeah, so, accidentally legalized weed. People yeah. in the legislature didn't know what they were doing. I yeah, cannot go, believe this would right, be figure. true. Go figure. But there is a good reason why they wouldn't. Like It's so hard to comprehend. So basically, Minnesota adopted um, <laughs> the the federal government's definition of hemp. So in, in, in 2018, uh, under the Trump administration, they packed passed the farm bill, which basically it, it took hemp derived products off the federally, you know, protected, you know, uh, drug list. So it's, you know, it's no longer like a criminal thing. So hemp derived. And so, but the, in that they, they defined what hemp was, which hemp is the same plant as marijuana. It just has less THC. So THC is the psychoactive drug in marijuana. That's what gets you high. So, so the same identical plant, but one of them just has THC that's harder to access. Uh, but it's still there. So like, the, the, so basically, they, you know, they draw a line to saying like, hey, it's considered hemp if it's less than 0.3% dry weight THC. That Anything above that's marijuana, anything below that's hemp. But if you legalize hemp-derived products, the, you, can, you can legally consume THC. It's just, it's just in that hemp plant, it's harder to extract. So in marijuana, really easy to get to. In hemp, hard to get to, but people are very willing to do it. And so, yeah, exactly. So they, but right. they really kind of like it's such a hard thing to wrap your head around. So it's like, so they legalize hemp derived products, and one of those is THC or CBD, you know, so it's like it's hemp derived THC, but the, the THC that comes from hemp and the THC that comes from marijuana are, are molecularly the same. Here in Georgia, we have is it Delta 9, Delta 10, something like that? I think or? Delta 8 was the big one. Delta yeah. 8 yeah. is the one. Yeah. So, and it, apparently it's just a loophole thing because of where yep. it's derived from. Yep, and so you can and then it. yeah, Delta Eight is the Delta Eight is kind of like the knockoff, like it's like a kind of a a chemical workaround, or whatever. And there hasn't been as much you know study put into that, but Delta Nine is like kind of like the natural occurring one. So Delta Nines are like what people want, you know. That's like the yeah. true. That's okay. like the true. Delta Nine's the so, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Delta Nine is the stuff. The and so, stuff. And yeah. so and so that's like so like it was verified right shortly after. Like so you're. You're legalizing hemp derived products, and that includes Delta Nine, right? Like, yep. As long as it's under this threshold, as long as it's hemp, go for it. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to enjoy some pastries and other products, and we'll be right back to talk more with Modest Brewing.
It's great to see our community coming back to life. The cold weather is fading away, and it's time to enjoy the greatest patio in Kennesaw. Join us at The Nest and spend some time with family, have a beer with a neighbor, or simply celebrate the end of another day. Make a reservation at thenestkennesaw.com for Sunday brunch and enjoy an overloaded Bloody Mary. At The Nest, you'll find smiling faces, great barbecue, and 48 taps of local craft beverages. Don't forget, our outdoor space is perfect for your four-legged best friend. We look forward to seeing you soon at The Nest. on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Modest Brewing Company. Modest Brewing. Daniel, when we were on break, we got to talking. We're sipping Victory's Golden Monkey here, Belgian-style triple, which is fantastic. It's been a minute. Yes, since yes. I've had this one, but this one is in a nine point nineteen point two ounce can, a stovepipe, if you will, a yep. stovepipe. What's the one that's more than that? Twenty four, maybe twenty two. I think there's a twenty four ounce pipe. The Steve pipe. Yeah. Uh, the what's oil the can? bigger one called? Oil can? Is that Foster? The oil can is a uh, seven hundred fifty milliliters, which is slightly bigger than. Uh, than the 19.2. I think that's 750 right. milliliters. It's like 25. 25.3 yeah. point somewhere yep. in there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what we had to sell, you know, up until this, this last year, that's what we had to sell our to go containers in was a crowler, uh, which is okay. A crowler is the same thing as the Foster's oil can. Uh, that's so we, crazy. Man. Yeah. Up that's... until, up until June, that's the only legal vessel that we, you know, that we could sell. A beer so in. are you, are you open now on what packaging you can sell? Uh, we can sell up to 64, up to two, four packs to a customer. Um, but you can only buy two per day and then, yeah. um, and then whatever that volume translates into, you know, into 12 ounce cans. And then, uh, we can still sell 64 ounce growlers and then, but we can sell, we can sell unlimited 64 ounce growlers and unlimited crawlers per day. So the 750 milliliter crawlers, but nobody Nobody wants a beer in a crawler in an oil can. It's just like, it's a horrible yeah. package. Cause that's filled well, that's, from, the, it's filled from the tap. You know, it's just like, yeah. you have to, like, it's already packaged. It's repackaged beer, what it is. So I know every ridiculous law has a reason, but why can you sell unlimited crawlers and growlers, but you're limited on the package product? Uh, so in Minnesota, like the, the story is that, Selling direct to consu- uh, to consumers, you know, and regulating that is protecting mom and pop liquor stores. Okay, which there, you yeah. know, there, there, Three there is there is some on. there is some truth to that, but we also have evidence from every state around us that mom and pop liquor stores are going to do just fine if we can sell, you know, a four pack to a customer. So this is just kind of step one for them, you know, kind of saying, hey, maybe this isn't a big deal. Uh, so. So we've enjoyed it. And it really, honestly, it hasn't been that big of a deal. It's like some people like will buy a four pack from us and, and most of the time they don't. It's like our to go liquor store or liquor um, uh, sales haven't really changed that much. They would buy it in a crawler and now they get to buy it in a 16 ounce can four pack. And we're happy about it because that's just a better package for them to consume it. it the shelf life is longer. If you, if you buy a beer in a crawler, drink it within a week because it's not, you know, it'll probably last a month, but you're drinking beer that, you know, has already been exposed to oxygen again. 
So you have to like pour it out of a tap into a can and then seal it. Yeah. And so we had a, we had a period here where growler shops were the rage. Like, Oh yeah. Before we got direct sales from breweries, that was the way you got the one-off beers and stuff for from these breweries that had to do distribution. You know, if you do a, a five barrel batch, 10 barrel batch of a special beer, how much sense does it make to package that and send it out to distro? But you can send out half a dozen kegs or mm-hmm. what have you, you know? Yeah. So, but that was boom and bust. I mean, those growler shops for came sure, up yeah. in maybe a few years, you know, just no one wanted it anymore. And I think any craft beer drinker in Georgia probably has a growler graveyard somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> where you've got all the growlers that you had, you know, it's just something because we can do the packaged at the brewery. It's just not necessary. And a lot of our breweries won't do them anymore just because it, you know, the, yeah. it's just not the benefit, the labor that they have to put into it. Yeah. And COVID kind of wiped a lot of that out too. It was just like, right. that was the first thing to go. I was like, I don't know. Like, we don't know what this thing is, but we're not going to fill your mouth thing yeah. on our, on our taps. <laughs> so, exactly. so we'll control that. So that, you know, I, the, growlers are cool and it's really nostalgic at this point. Uh, but we don't, we currently don't fill them anymore. We, we never had our own growlers when we launched. We just went all into growlers and we caught all sorts of um, uh, pushback for it because it's like, Oh, it's just like, you know, growlers, it's craft brewery. And we're just like, we're just going to do growlers because it's that that's better that, for the beer than a growler, you know, growlers, yeah. it's 64 ounces. And you got to like, you got to drink that like as soon as you open it. And so you better be willing to drink 64 ounces of beer in a night or two or have, you know, some friends over because that's the idea. And if you're not doing it that way, then you're drinking like my product is going to taste worse than I want it to. So it's like, that's never what you want. Keep now they did do fresh. They did do growlers, uh, 32 ounce growlers. I have a few of those. Some sure. of them were yeah. actually plastic. That's... I always wondered with that sort of thing, if they make you do the growler thing, could you not just have, and I probably need new equipment for it, have a canning line that just cans crawlers. So the crawlers are effectively just large cans of beer that don't have the exposure. And then when somebody asks for one, oh, let's get, we have our filling machine in the back and then you bring them a crawler. Or yeah. maybe it's just the dimensions of the, the, the vessel itself. That's all that matters. Yeah. Like the, you know, the, the biggest canning line companies, you know, aren't going after that. If it got popular enough, I'm sure there'd be like a really like a good solution for that. But I don't think that naturally it's always going to be like a couple steps more than people want to go because it's just like not an ideal vessel, vessel size for beer. Uh, but there's, there's people that you like locally that have designed multi-head filler crawler machines with, you know, with uh, reverse pressure. So, you know, like you get, the, you know, you get the oxygen out. It's, you know, it's a better way to fill a crawler. And so the shelf life is extended, but still compared to a quarter million dollar you know, forehead canning line, you know, whatever. It's like, it's never going to like compete. So, right. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, even if they did that, Brian, how many people will want to pick up quartz? Does it, is the benefit to doing that worth it? Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I was just thinking like the idea of, well, I won't buy crawlers. I'll only buy one because I know it's not going to last long. If you had a machine that was in basically producing the same quality sealed up cans in larger formats that yeah. technically adhere to the law and you can sell them un- in an unlimited fashion, you might sell more of them because people would realize that those are as good. Yep. But I think I'm just getting too far afield. Yeah. You're also remember you have a drinking problem. Oh yeah. So for yes. you to take a, a, a crowler, like that's nothing for you, but yeah, a lot of people be like, Hey, I don't want 32 a 32 ounce ounces. Fine. Line. That's like, what I are we drinking Tuesday. next? 
Yes. What are we drinking next? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Daniel, let's talk a little bit about uh, as we're getting to the tail end of the show here. Modest Green, how far do you guys reach? Where can people get your beers? So right now, our footprint is uh, most of Minnesota, um, it, basically metro area and Duluth, Rochester, kind of bigger outer state metro areas. Looking for solutions to fill up the rest of the state. We're in major metro areas in Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio, New York, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Um, let's see where else we, we're on. We're on Tavar, the app, which deliver, delivers to okay. 30 yeah. something states. Uh, but all those states I mentioned outside of Minnesota, like we basically send them drops. So it's like there's no guarantee that we'll be there all the time, but you know, so we'll send them. The, the right amount of beer where they can get to their accounts, but it's probably going to integrate pretty quick. So it's like, we try to keep our beer fresh out of state and, you know, we don't have boots on the ground there to kind of like monitor it daily. So we always try to kind of stay slightly under demands just to make sure the beer doesn't get old. Um, but I think that's, I think that's it for right now. We, we start recently started uh, shipping some beer out. We, we'd sent a, um, uh, some beer to Canada. We sent out some to Denmark, found a cool, Oh, we wow. were at a we were at other half in New York uh, in Green City, and we met a cu- couple cool exporters. And so they just like kind of sold us on the idea of exporting beer. And I mean, like it's not it's not a lot of volume, but it, we just you know it's kind of romantic. So we like we're sending some beer overseas. Um, Going to hit the China market soon, um, which right. is like it just kind of comes down to you know getting their beer onto. Um, onto a storage container that's going to, you know, that we can't send hoppy beers because it, it takes so long to get from here to there. So we like, it kind of depends on, on the brand and the timing or whatever. But so some beers will be sent overseas, but I think that's it. Sending crawlers. Oh, yeah. yeah sending sending crawlers. Right? Only crawlers. Only crawlers. <laughs> the size of shipping containers, one giant crawler. <laughs> yeah, and they just got, a, they've got a can but off see, of that. That would be, end up being the weird thing is like that he, they would do that and China would fall in love with them. They would and want like nothing just, but just that. crawlers yeah. became the thing, you know, like it's uh well, I mean, Foster, how long have Foster's oil cans been a thing? I mean, I used to, yeah. my family yeah. had a liquor store growing up and I like, I remember like, after college, I just went and worked there, and I drank Foster's oil cans like they're going out of style. I'm like, this is cool. I loved them too, man. Um, just the, the the Sapporo two liter can with the yep. handle on the side. Just the yeah. novelty of it was just a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Well, Daniel, thanks so much for joining us, man. We really enjoyed chatting with you, learning more about your brewery. If people want to follow along with what's new and hot at Modest, what's going to be the best way for them to do that? So it's at Modest Brewing, M O D I S T uh, Brewing, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then modestbrewing.com, M-O-D-I-S-T, brewing.com. That sounds easy enough. Awesome. Thanks again for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Make sure to join us next week. Come hang out for the live stream. Enjoy chat with us. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Cheers.